The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. And to enjoy the supply that God brings us. We give you all the praise, we give you all the glory. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, we have prayed and we have worshipped. And somebody that is excited shouted a loud hallelujah. Thank you, HOP. Hallelujah. Can you help me welcome your neighbor to your left, to your right? I think those of you at the back, if you can come forward, except maybe you are taking care of a child or something, let's move closer to the front so as others join us, we can minimize distractions and movement. Glory, glory be to God. How has your week been? Is it my eyes? It looks as if the foil cues are looking shorter. Uh-huh. Praise God. Uh, Michael, you are not impressed. Or you're still early to assess. Anyway, the authorities have said we should give them a week. So hopefully, <laughs> things will work out well. But like we have been saying, we are not limited because we have God. Somebody declare out loud, I'm not limited because I have God. And my God shall supply all my needs and all my desires according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Glory, glory be to God. Like I said on Sunday, let's um, embrace the promise of God and the word of God. We should do that at all times and particularly at a time like this. This is not a time to make um, stupid decisions that you will regret. Interestingly, I was talking about the three options people usually display. And all through the past few days, I've been hearing that people are demonstrating and rioting and all that. It's the normal human condition. When people are pressed and they are frustrated, it's one of those three things. They either lose hope or they just go wild. But what God wants us to do is to believe his word. Hallelujah. And focus on him. Praise God. It won't be long now. Hallelujah. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Nobody wants to be living under these kind of conditions. Nobody wants to be living under these kind of frustrations. And I know the pain level and the difficulty level differs from individual to individual, home to home. Perhaps people may not understand some of the things you have to deal with. And you know, sometimes we are looking at things generally... Um, there are also personal challenges that people are dealing with that has nothing to do primarily with what's going on in the nation. This word we are still preaching is still the same thing that you have to apply. Again, we are not just talking about finances. We are not just talking about material things. I think I'm going to touch on that briefly in my message a bit more today. It's all my needs. Somebody shout, all my needs. Hallelujah. And it's according to his riches in glory. It goes beyond the Nigerian government. It goes beyond the United States government. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, there are no limits in God. 
Praise God, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Let's see how much ground we can cover tonight. I want to start with this text, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Let's start with this verse tonight, and then we're going to um, go into some other teachings. Let me just use this as a foundation. Apostle Paul speaking here, and the, 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 the phrase of what he used there should strike us, because this is someone that taught us we should say no to fear. And that's one thing we are attacking a lot, particularly when we pray. That has been coming up in a lot of our morning prayers. No to fear, no to worry, no to anxiety, no to pressure. Somebody shout no. You say no. These kind of things can put pressure on people. But Apostle Paul now uses this phrase there, but I fear. It's interesting when the Bible that teaches us not to fear is using that phrase, I fear. This is not to encourage you to... Um, to be afraid of the devil of what the devil is doing. But it should wake you up to the seriousness of what he's saying. What he's saying here to the Corinthians is that I am concerned. What I'm about to tell you is very serious. I'm concerned. He said, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm concerned. I'm observing what's going on around you and I don't want you to be deceived like Eve was. I don't want you to be deceived. The message that God brings us in Christ Jesus the solutions that God has made available to us in Christ Jesus, the provisions that God has made available to us in Christ Jesus, it's not complicated. It's very simple. Particularly what we are talking about, about God meeting our needs. Very simple. In a time of famine, in a time of drought, in a time of need, there is supply from heaven. And that supply is more than enough. Hallelujah. Very simple. It's not complicated. It's like what, and he used the example of Eve and Adam here in the Garden of Eden. What God told them was very simple. You can eat out of every tree in this garden. You, I mean, you're attending the garden, partake of the fruit, but this particular one, the very simple instruction. I mean, if God had told them, there are 10 trees you should not touch. <laughs> and 20 kind of fruits you should not eat. Perhaps you can say, okay, maybe it was a mistake. Is it one? Somebody say one. And he said, the, the devil came with craftiness. They didn't see him coming. And he said, I, I, I want you to guard your heart and your mind. I don't want you, your, your heart and your mind to be corrupted. Praise God. As I was praying, this, the Holy Spirit just popped up the, 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 this scripture in my heart. And I, I just want to take off from there. What God is telling us is not difficult. It's not complicated. And it is the truth available to us in Christ. God is our Father. I love the way David said it in the Old Testament. In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. In fact, I think that's a term, that's a psalm we should be reading. We, we've been talking about reading Psalm um, 91, praying for protection. I think in a time of scarcity and difficulty, like this, let's read Psalm 23 as well. 
I shall not want. And that position he has taken in our lives as our father, as our shepherd, as our supplier, means that he always provides for us. Praise God. And every time we see need, every time we see scarcity, the question, and please I want you to ask yourself this question, and I believe every individual, you are the only one that can ask yourself this question. Where need pops up? Where lack pops up? The, question, the way your mind should be working is, is there any supply from heaven that I've not yet tapped into? You should program yourself, renew your mind to a point where, where need shows up. Instead of you being sad and being deceived and being negative about what's going on, get yourself to a place where you are so confident in the faithfulness of God to supply and to meet your needs according to his riches in glory that what you are asking yourself is, is there a supply that I have not yet tapped into? Is there a provision that God has made for me concerning this situation that I'm not yet enjoying at this time? Hallelujah. Be so rest assured in the fact that God cannot fail me. God cannot hang me out to dry. God cannot watch me suffer hunger, suffer thirst, suffer lack, suffer need, suffer disappointment, and not do anything. That's not the God I know. The simplicity that is in Christ. It's, it's not a complicated thing. Don't start trying, ah, it's one sin that my father committed three generations ago. Oh, it's the mistake that I did when I was in form one or when I was in um, year one. Mm, the gospel is not that complicated. If you are born again, you are a child of God, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even if you have made a mistake, we talked about the prodigal son in this teaching series. The supply was always there. It's not complicated. Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't try to connect some strange dots. Hey, it's one prayer I didn't pray. One seed I didn't sow. One, mm. Just come back to your father. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you will find supply there. Praise God. You will find abundance there. Simple. Glory, glory be to God. And what we are learning now is how to activate that supply. We touched on something powerful last week. You being conscious of Kairos moments. Being sensitive concerning Kairos moments. What is Kairos again? Being at the right place, at the right time, doing the right things. That's something we need to learn. Let's look at Isaac's testimony again. I want to start from there. Genesis 26. We'll pick it up from verse 12. Genesis 26. You can put it up on the screen for me, I think. That would be great. If you get there before me, or if I get there before you. Genesis 26, 12. Isaac did what? Talk to me, somebody. He sowed in that land. We know the testimony. And he reaped in the same year. This was like a Kairos year for Isaac. But what triggered it? 
He was at the right place. Don't go to Egypt. Stay here. And we are learning this powerful lesson. You can't say because you are the seed of Abraham, you are the child of God, God wants to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You can do anything, go anywhere. No, it doesn't work that way. Stay here. Ah, Father, there's famine in the land. We are hearing reports from CNN that Egypt is where it's happening. No, Egypt may be where it's happening for some people. But my son, Isaac, your own is happening in Jera. Stay here. Right place. He sold. And really, I want to touch on that. That's sowing, but I'm taking it to another dimension. Please. What he sold in the land, reaped a, in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. Next verse. Go on to verse 15, please. The man began to prosper. Process. When God told him to stay in Egypt, that wasn't the day he started seeing the fullness of the supply. Or the fullness of, it was a year. At the minimum, to get to the point where the testimony could be announced and evident for all to see, it was a year. But it started from the first day, the first hour, the first moment, one, he heard from God. This is the sensitivity to Kairos we are talking about. Again, Ecclesiastes 11 that we read, Solomon said, I have observed. You will think it's the swift that always win, but I've seen some races where it's not the swiftest person that won. You will think it's the strongest or the wisest or the ones with knowledge or the ones with understanding that always get to the top. I've seen it's not always the case. What I have observed is everybody has time and chance. Everybody has a kairos moment that God has made available for them. A right time. This was Isaac's time. It was Isaac's season. Genesis 26. Genesis 12 was Abraham's time. Genesis 13 was Abraham and Lot's time. 13, 14, 26 was Isaac's season. And in that season, he needed to be at the right place. He was about to go to the wrong place. This is so important. And this doesn't mean you can't miss it. No, we've studied Abraham's story a lot in church. Abraham missed it severally. But he always made his way back. Somebody say simplicity. Always made his way back to God. And eventually he got everything God. So we are not saying that, okay, ah, I didn't know. I made a mistake. I realized a year ago that, okay, then go back to God. But the son came back. I'm sorry. He began to prosper and he continued to prosper. A process, he kept working it. Hallelujah. Until he became very prosperous. Verse 14 and 15. For he had possession of flocks. See, the, the supply was there for Isaac. Remember the chapter said was saying there was famine. But God had made supply of what? Flocks, herds, servants. Philistines, God had provided that for him. I pray over you, I prophesy over you. Every provision of abundance that God has made for you, you will not miss it in Jesus' name. But there's a way to activate it. That's what we need to learn. 
Not that when we see lack, hey, God has abandoned me. Hey, I've missed God. God has forsaken me. Hey, it's one sin I committed. Hey, it's one abortion I did. Hey, it's one person I lied to. Mm, don't complicate the simplicity of the gospel. God is your father. He will provide for you. No father will see his son ask for bread and give him stone. Simplicity of the gospel. Don't let anybody come and complicate your Christianity for you. Ah, you have to go and do 100 days fasting. Hey, you have to go. Mm. No, I'm not saying you should not fast. We should pray. But one prayer now starts becoming a burden. We should fast. But when, don't complicate this thing. If you, being evil, hallelujah, we provide. Praise God. Okay, let's move on. This is what I want to share, what God laid on my heart to share today. You see, he, he, he sowed a seed. We prayed this prayer this morning when we were praying in our morning prayer, Psalm 126, verse 6. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. Hallelujah. That psalm started by saying that when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, it was like a dream. When the supply from heaven manifested, I thought I was dreaming. Isaac started, there was a famine in the land, verse 1. By verse 13, 14, 15, it was like a dream. And please watch, it was triggered through the seeds he sowed. Now, I'm talking to Christian people, I'm talking to Pentecostal Church. Seed there was, he went to his farm <laughs> and he sowed. He wasn't talking about his tithe and offering in church. But tithe and offering is also seed. But in Isaac's testimony, there was that he, he, he sowed. And that's what Psalm 126 is talking about here. Put up that verse for Psalm 126, verse 6. He that continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. So we're talking about this morning praying as a seed. You're you you coming for prayers, personal prayer, corporate prayer. You are sowing prayer as a seed. The promise of God is a time will come. You shall doubtless come again rejoicing. Hallelujah. Bringing his sheaves with him. The person that sows and continued. I love that part. That's why I read that verse. He started to prosper and he continued. He, he sowed, started prospering. He continued sowing and he continued to prosper until he arrived at that hundredfold bountiful harvest. He, the, the picture is not, please watch this. After God spoke to Isaac, Isaac now went one day, sowed some seeds, and then he went back. And one year later, he came back. and yeah, but That's not the picture. Bearing precious seed. Look at that Psalm 126. He that continually goes forth. Continually. Bearing, goes forth weeping. Conti so it, it, there was an element of sacrifice. Bearing seeds for sowing shall doubtless again with rejoicing bring his sheaves with him. A, a time of harvest will come. Hallelujah. A time of testimonies will come. A time of results will come. A, a time will come where you are swimming in the harvest or the supply of heaven for you. Can I hear a loud amen? Praise God. 
So how do we do that? We, we know about sowing and reaping. I'm not going to dwell too much on that. But this is what I want us to see. And I'm just going to again take us through some stories we are familiar with and some scriptures we are familiar with. And if you are going to walk in the supply that God makes available for you, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the thing that God has prepared for those that love him. Back to Isaac, God had prepared something for him. He needed to be at the right place, at the right time, doing the right things. We see that in his story. So if we are going to walk in that abundance of supply, and permit me to say this again, it's, it's so important. Right here, right now, there is supply for every need for you in the name of Jesus. There is supply for you right now. The, the question we have to train our minds to answer is where lack shows up is, where is the supply that I've not yet engaged with? That, that's what I want you to think. So if you are going to be that person that you walk in that supply, not only must you be conscious of Kairos moments and be sensitive to how God will lead you, this is the, 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 um, the, the revelation for today or the discussion from today, be conscious of, or let me read it out, the Spirit gave it to me, a consciousness and understanding. You, you need to have a consciousness and an understanding that God, please catch this, and that's why I'm saying it step by step. Please, you must have this. God is able to do much. Or God is able to use little to supply much. God is able to use little to supply much. God can supply much out of little. Please, I want you to think about this and catch it. God is able to use little. The kingdom of heaven is as if a man should cast seed in the ground. And he should go to sleep by night and rise by day. He knows not how. But once he has sown that seed, it will grow up. He can sow a seed like a mustard. It is the smallest of seeds. But once it is planted and sown, it will grow up to be a huge tree. And the birds of the air will come and make their nest into it. That's what Jesus thought. God is able to do much out of little. Much out of little. Isaac just sowed seeds. He didn't build a rocket. He didn't build the internet. <laughs> he didn't make electronic cars like Elon Musk. We're talking about Elon Musk inside. He didn't provide internet for the whole world. <laughs> they came to tell me inside something about Elon Musk. God doesn't need big to do big. Men need big to do big. Hello? God doesn't need big to do big. He doesn't need much to deliver much. Say this with me, in supplying all my needs. I want to hear somebody. Say, in supplying all my needs and meeting all my desires, my God can take something small 
and get the job done. A consciousness and an understanding. As I'm looking for the supply, I'm not working in unbelief. My mind is not corrupted from the simplicity of the truth that is in Christ. That truth is that God will meet my need. He is not an absentee father. Even a prodigal son still is still loved by his father. I shared something powerful with us on Sunday. When Jesus taught about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. See, there, are, there are ways that God demonstrates his love. I love the way Dr. K always says it. If God never does anything for you again, the fact that Jesus died for you on the cross, the Bible already said that God has demonstrated his love towards you. Hallelujah. So the shepherd went after the lost sheep. The woman swept the entire house for the lost coin, but the father did not go after the lost son. It didn't mean the father did not love him. He waited for him. And when he saw him coming, that's when he ran to meet him. So there are times it will be like God is waiting for you. That, that's why Jesus gave us those three examples. It wasn't that he missed the story. And it wasn't just said anyhow. It was deliberate. There are some things God is just waiting on you to do. And it was a little step. The boy did not have to go and recover all the money he lost. He didn't have to sacrifice 20 bulls. He didn't even have 20 bulls to sacrifice. In fact, the thinking in his head was wrong thinking. But it was small enough. I will go back to my father's house. And I'm even going to tell my father, look, I, I've messed up. I can't even be your son again. Make me a slave. He had not even started saying it. When the father saw him, the father now went to meet him. Before he started saying the unbelief or the nonsense was going to say, everything came back. God, hallelujah, uses little, can use little to do much. And we see this pattern over and over again. Let's look at some of the things we've been sharing, some of the testimonies that are given us in scripture. So again, let's start with Elijah and the widow woman, 1 Kings 17. I want to run you through about four or five examples. 1 Kings chapter 17. Hallelujah. You start reading from verse 8. After God had declared the famine through the prophet Elijah, God told him, I have pre prepared a widow. Hallelujah. I've, I've asked the widow to take care of you. <laughs> a widow. A broke widow. There was a king in that town. And there was a princess in that town. He, God doesn't need much. There's a widow there. When he found the widow, the widow told him, <laughs> verse 12, as the Lord, and even the request of the prophet. See, I, 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 I want to see you how God just is little, little, little. The, 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 the prophet did not come and say, make me a three square meal. Praise God. Sometimes when some people hear seed, they think that God is asking them to go and kill themselves. Look at what the prophet said. Hallelujah. 
as he was going, verse 11, no, verse 10, the latter part, please bring me one well of water. Eh? What did he ask for? Ah, no, you are not reading what I mean. Please bring me, the first request was what? He didn't say a barrel of water. Little. Little. What, what God was going to supply this woman for the next three and a half years, abundance. A barrel of meal, a storehouse, a, a, a jar of oil will not run dry. Plenty. He was going to meet her needs according to riches and glory. You read the story further. Her son was going to die. This prophet that God was connecting her to was going to resurrect the boy from the dead. The supply of resurrection was going to be there. But when the prophet that what God was going to use, the guy did not come and ask, for, ask her for something impossible. Just give me little water. Jesus said that anyone that will give any of his disciples as small as a glass of water. He didn't use the word glass. Or, what did he even say? I can't even remember what he said. Well, cup of water. Not ocean of water, not barrel of water, not one year supply of the premium treated. <laughs> what do we use? What do we drink these days? Seaway. No, seaway is common. Give me what they're drinking, Asso Rock. Eh? <laughs> Let me crack you. Sunday, I had to go early. There was a family event I went for to support my dad and some of his classmates that were doing something. And while they were there, in fact, when we entered the event, there was plenty food, though. Plenty drinks. But some of the people came with their own supply. We just saw people carrying coolers cool of their own. <laughs> so we, just, we noticed it. So personally, and I even joked. I said, I can be sure daddy is not going to bring any cooler. So one of his friends that was table now called me after after he now called me said, Look, next time you are coming and you know your father will not bring you anything. You better don't behave like you know, how can you bring me and you can't even give me choice wine. <laughs> that, is it water I'm going to be drinking? He was saying it jokingly. <laughs> but is it water I'm going to drink? <laughs> water. Water. He, he could have asked that for wine. He could have said, the next three years, you this widow. I know my God, he shall supply your needs according to his riches and glory. For the next three years, before I wake up every morning, there must be a drum. Answer me, if Elijah, for what that miracle that God was going to do, if he asked that for a drum of water, that you and your son, and you know this boy is going to die, you don't know, but me, I know, I can see. Just one drum, I'm only asking for a drum of water. Would that be too much? For the miracle. Hallelujah. He asked for what? Little. And when she was going, he said, please bring me a morsel, not a loaf, not a bakery. <laughs> not every day you must get me bread. Of course, the, the lady too, and more importantly, the lady said, look, I, I do not have any bread. I only have a handful of flour. And a little jar of oil. And God knew that. 
God knew the widow had little. God knew that all I need is the little this widow has. I'm going to do much for her. Exceedingly abundantly above her expectation. But all I need is a little. Don't be walking around as if God wants to kill you. Because God always walks with little. Hallelujah. Look at Elisha's testimony too. 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings 4. I want you to read it again. You know, you know the story. And, and God, you see, when I was looking at these things, I realized the scripture specifically, it wasn't by accident that God was telling us that it was a widow, that she only had a little, that the prophet only asked for a little, even though the miracle was going to be gigantic. This woman that was the wife of one of the prophets that had died, and the creators had now come, they were going to take her, son, her sons into slavery. She needed a miracle. Ask your neighbor, do you need a miracle? Do you need a miracle supply? Can you understand? Come on, let me ask that neighbor. Can you understand that God can work with just a little? Just a little. So Elisha asked her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Her response, your maidservant has nothing, nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now, this is really the lesson, and we're going to get into this as you see it. Many people like this woman, because what you have is a little, you despise it. And it is a natural phenomenon because this is what we are doing. We are comparing, please watch this. You see, if this woman had a billion dollars, and bless God, what she had was more than a billion dollars. She had a, if she had a billion dollars, when those creditors came, the gigantic problem that came to face her, she would have come out with big chests and just settled them. But she had little, nothing as a matter of fact, according to her, but a jar of oil. And she was comparing that little to the big problem she had, the big bese that her husband that has now died has left her. And if that was even, uh, if that was it, that, that's even bad enough. And that we always put under pressure. But what we are teaching today is she lacked the consciousness and the knowing which Elisha had. That God can work with that little. That's what she didn't have. And what you need to learn to do is not to compare your little with the big problem, a jar of oil, and you owe 10 million naira. You will feel under pressure. What you need to do is to learn to compare your big, big God to your, let's even call it, big problem. And after a while, you'll be like Paul. That is only light afflictions. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody say, my light afflictions. What looks like a big problem in the natural, when you compare it to your God, it becomes light afflictions. But when you compare it to your little supply or what you have in your hand, that's when you feel underwhelmed. But the consciousness you must now possess, glory be to God, God can use that little. What do you have? Elisha had that like Elijah. This muscle of meal that you have, this lascar that you have, it's enough for God to do the miracle. 
that small jar of oil in your house, I, I know my God, my God that is going to meet your needs according to his riches and glory, he can work with little to deliver much. Oh, glory, glory be to God. John chapter 6, another example that we are probably familiar with, when Jesus was going to feed the 5,000. In fact, there were two instances there, when he fed the 5,000 and when he fed the 4,000. The, the, the disciples came, ah, send these people home. All we have is five loaves. And two fish, it's a little boys. They told us it was a little boy. Praise God. Hallelujah. It, it was a little boy's lunch. Look at how Philip said it. If you read the other accounts, I think Matthew and Mark's account. Philip answered in John 6 verse 7. He said 200 denarii. When Jesus said I should feed them. He said 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient. That everyone will even get a little. And... Verse 9, there is a lad, a small boy, not even a grown man. <laughs> it's a small boy's meal. Who has here five loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many? You see, what we have is small compared to the multitude we have to feed. And that shuts down your expectation for a miracle. But understand that God can use that little Glory, glory be to God. To feed much. John 7, I believe, the next chapter, when Jesus fed this 4,000, the same thing, what did they have? Just seven loaves. Let me move on here. Please watch this. Again, I've been saying this. We are not just talking about material, financial, physical things. Back to Elijah and Elisha's story. There was the Shunammite woman. Yeah, let me even read that story. I, I, I love what they said here. This is also material and physical. Second Kings again. Please go to Second Kings. I, I love this one. When I saw this, I knew that God was trying to tell us something. Second Kings, I believe it's now chapter 5. No, it's still chapter... Glory, glory be to God. Still chapter 4. Let's read from verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, the Bible said this Shunammite woman had been seeing the prophet Elisha come and go into their city. And she said to her husband, look now. I know that this is a holy man, a holy man of God that passes regularly. Watch, 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 verse 10. Please let us build him a mansion. Talk to me, somebody. Let us build him what? Let's build him a duplex. So small. This woman was like Abraham. Abraham was sitting in front of his tent. He saw three men that he saw walking by. And he just got up and showed them hospitality, not knowing that it was God who was inviting to his tent. Hospitality that didn't cost him anything. 
but triggered the miracle of the child that he got at the end of the day. This woman had gone to a point where she did not even believe for a child anymore. She had accepted her lot. Hallelujah. At least I'm rich. At least I have a husband. At least I'm well known in our society. God has tried. <laughs> that was where she was. But when Elisha started talking to her about having a son, she was like, don't look, many men of God have prayed for me. They've laid hands, they've laid legs, they've poured oil. Nothing has happened. So, man of God, please don't tell me with that. But it was just little. A small upper room. So when it passes, it can rest. And that was what opened the door of favor that now called and he spoke over her life. Moses, Moses, God called Moses. I'm going to send you. Moses was intimidated. Who am I to go before Pharaoh? I've been running from this man for the last 40 years. What am I going to say? Started giving God all the excuses. Ah, I can't talk. God said, I will send your brother. Your brother can talk. He has oratory skills. You, I know you have lost confidence after 40 years of wilderness. Then God told him, what is that you have in your hand? It was an ordinary shepherd's rod. It, it was like what Elisha has that widow. What do you have in your house? Just a shepherd's rod. And it was that rod that he had in his hand, that seemingly natural, every shepherd had one. But when God touched it, hallelujah, it became the rod of God. Parted the Red Sea, brought all the plagues to Egypt. God can use little. Little. Small. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Look, I'm absolutely convinced. Glory, glory be to God. We're going to pray in a few minutes. And we're, again, we're just going to keep praying for God to open our eyes. There's supply for us in this season. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Supply. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has prepared for us. We just need to know how to operate with God. Little, little. A little skill there. Just a relationship that you've probably trivialized. A little. Praise God. A little ability. Something you, 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 you even commonize it. But when the hand of God comes upon it, glory, glory be to God. This is what we're going to pray. Listen to this text. We're just going to pray. And we begin to wrap up tonight. And I trust God as we partake of communion tonight, there will be an eruption of grace and miracles for us in Jesus' name. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, you see that, that little thing that you already have in your hand, it is God that has made it available for you. That's what seed is. It's something small. But... He supplies seed to the soul and bread for food. But watch what you do. We supply and multiply your seed when you have sown it. Hallelujah. That's what God does with the little. He will multiply it. He will increase it. He said he will increase the fruit of your righteousness. He will take Isaac's seed and he will multiply it and it will become a hundredfold. Hallelujah. 
he will take that widow's small jar of oil. The Bible said, the prophet told her, go and borrow vessels from all your neighbor and lock yourself into the room and begin to pour the oil. And as they kept pouring the oil, God multiplied the oil. And it kept flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing until the barriers were exhausted. He would take the little boy's five loaves and two fishes. And the Bible said Jesus gave thanks. And he started breaking it and giving it to disciples. And as he broke it, he kept multiplying, multiplying, multiplying it. Glory be to God. That's what God does with little. Hallelujah. He will multiply the seed. That's why the psalmist said, he that goes about weeping, bearing precious seed. If he will sow it, 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 the prayer you need to pray is for God to show you the seed, the little that can bring transformation into your life. Hallelujah. Because the supply is there. Somebody say, my supply is here. I can't hear you. Say, my supply is here. And with the little I have in my hands, God will bring multiplication. God will bring increase to meet every need and to satisfy every desire in the name of Jesus. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email KMI Africa at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.